smartcast you are listening to a mint production brought to you by hd smartcast hello everyone i am shipra from mint's personal finance team and welcome back to why not mint money in today's episode i am hosting anil gilani who's the head of passive investments and products at dsp investment managers and he is also a chartered financial analyst Anil will today share his portfolio details and investment strategies for Mint's Guru Portfolio series. Hi, welcome to Why Not Mint Money, a personal finance podcast where we help you understand basic money concepts and share strategies for you to build your wealth. So let's get started on your money journey. Hi Anil, welcome to Why Not Mint Money. Hi, thank you very much, Shubhra. Great to be with you over here today. So Anil, um, how did you get introduced to stock markets, and when did you start investing in personal capacity? Uh, I, I, earlier in my career, I was uh, I, I'm a chartered accountant first by background, so I used to work in auditing field, and at that point of time, uh, I was understanding the various uh, use cases for uh, audited financials, and one of that was for uh, analysts and investors to. Uh, make use in terms of their judgment or their analysis of that particular company before they make investment decisions so that was a broad and very initial uh, introduction to uh, capital markets for me at that point of time and as i grew further in my journey i was working on many uh, companies for auditing uh, which were in the business of uh, asset management stock broking life insurance so that gave me a better understanding of the business and the Uh, industry dynamics which then gradually led me to uh, start uh, pursuing a career in that field as well as start making my initial personal investments right and what's your current asset mix like between equity debt gold real estate and alternate asset class uh, well i mean uh, structurally i am slightly uh, different type of allocation i have like for example i'll uh, start from the reverse order which i don't have so i'll just clarify up front like you said alternative assets so i have zero as allocation to alternatives or aifs okay or uh, real estate uh, i'm sorry uh, uh, art or anything of that sort or any of the cryptocurrencies if that gets classified under alternates <laughs> so zero allocation over there okay. uh, in terms of uh, real estate again i have a personal home which i had bought uh, with uh, the use of leverage uh but technically not for investment purpose it was a, a utilization of personal need so a lot of my uh capital at that point of time was reallocated technically to real estate as an asset class but not as a investment for me and then the other three asset classes where my money is lying currently and where i continue to do a regular monthly allocation is uh, equities approximately around 60% Debt uh, around thirty five percent, and about two to three percent I have in gold, which is uh, in the form of equity shares of gold mining companies, and some other gold is there in uh, actual uh, gold as a commodity or bullion, which includes some part of gold in physical uh, uh, form and some in digital form. Right. And how has your portfolio performed over the past, uh, say, one year? past one year has been uh, i would say pretty flattish for my portfolio overall for the market in general so like if i look at uh, equity as an asset class broadly my portfolio has a little bit mix of equities between large mid so i think uh, you know 
to be very frank i don't uh, even measure last one year exactly uh, my personal portfolio every one year but uh, broadly speaking considering the broad mix and uh, we track day to day market so i would i would believe approximately 5 to 6% would be the return in the last one year in my equities portfolio uh, slightly similar in debt component uh, maybe approximately 6% 5 6% right uh, and uh, in gold this uh, allocation which i was saying yeah maybe last year was a little bit i think better for gold so right. maybe around 10 11% i think my gold equities and gold bullion uh, portfolio would have given and uh, real estate well it was a minor appreciation i think in the uh, locality where my house is but again it's just for a mental uh, discussion that okay there is a slight appreciation because otherwise it's not technically a investment so i'm not uh, you know looking to have it as a part of my investment portfolio but yeah broadly speaking real estate as a category in the last year especially residential real estate uh, some pockets where there is lot of, lot of oversupply definitely not much of movement but otherwise i would feel uh, around 5 to 7% 10% type of uh, appreciation uh, in some pockets has been there but for me it has just been a mi- minor mental appreciation rather than any actual gains right have you ever invested in direct stocks Oh yes of course uh, i have invested in direct stocks in my personal capacity uh, in fact that was the early part of my professional life growing up but uh, very soon i realized that it was not uh, making sense for me to do that so uh, i changed track and uh, in my current situation current uh, allocation zero allocation to direct stocks uh, more than the principle based approach uh, it's also internal uh regulatory guidelines or uh, considering that i work with a, uh, a highly regulated industry we have internally kept a mandate not to invest in direct stocks right and as i said just uh, uh, as a as a personal uh, story like uh, my first investment into anything which uh, was there i mean uh, when i just started earning some money was into a few direct stocks uh, I, i as i said i'm a chartered accountant by background so I had in my mind that okay, I can have a good appreciation of reading company balance sheets, and uh, on that basis, I made uh, a couple of uh, investments. Of course, some of them did pretty good. Some uh, I caught uh, certain trends which I was maybe just chasing in the wrong time, like uh, some dot com bubble at the peak. I got one uh, company uh, shares, and. Uh, uh, after a couple of years when i started working in the mutual fund industry i realized that this is the more suitable and better approach so i stopped doing any direct investments uh, and I, i i took a view that it's better to do your uh, investments only through pooled money like a mutual fund and uh, let it get managed through a professional setup rather than trying to buy individual direct stocks so yes i have uh done that in the past but let's say i would believe over the last about 12 to 15 years uh i i have not been uh, doing any direct stocks so my portfolio does have few holdings which were legacy investments uh, sometimes uh, i i just watched them in my demat account but uh, no uh, active investing right and currently what what are the categories of funds that you invest in uh so i i try to uh, invest uh, everything through funds so let's say i have got some allocation into uh, small caps which is through actively managed mutual funds 
uh, I have got some large cap allocation, which is through index funds, uh, which which I, I am myself uh, responsible for. So I am very uh, convinced about the idea that uh, in large caps, the best way to get investment allocation is through uh, passively managed index funds. And I also have my regular investment, which goes into national pension system, the NPS. So through that allocation also, I get. Uh, uh, in allocation to large caps, uh, I've got about 50% allocation going into equities through my NPS allocation and uh, some component of even my fixed income allocation, which I mentioned about 30 to 35%, which I have, hmm. that is also through mutual funds, primarily short term debt funds, uh, maybe around, you know, like which is typically in the range of one to three years type duration, not very aggressive long duration portfolio, short duration and very, very near term liquidity type cash. A perspective it's lying through in through uh arbitrage fund you know in in, in, right. in my uh, surplus cash allocation right you mentioned about passive funds so uh how much of yes, your portfolio sir. is in passive funds so if i if i look at my fresh allocations which is going into uh, uh mutual funds every month quite a large portion uh, but because i started a little bit late in terms of allocating to passive funds I would believe as an overall allocation, it might be slightly lower, but still I would feel, uh, you know, maybe about 25 to 30. If I, if I look at my total equity out of that, like, as I said, small caps is about uh, only through active funds and large caps uh, is through passive. So I would believe uh, about uh, 20 to 20, 20, 25% of that equity component would be in passive funds. Right. You said that you started a little late. Uh, so can you maybe give us a year, like, for how many years you've been in passive funds? So I, I started investing in passive funds sometime during uh, 2017, to be very frank. That's when we uh, at uh, DSP, we had set up our passive investments platform. So uh, I got more uh, involved with that. And uh, prior to that, we of course were aware of uh, the ETFs and index funds. And uh, I was actively working in the industry landscape. Uh, with advocacy and initiatives, etc., in the MFI committee on ETFs, but we didn't have our own funds. And uh, frankly, I mean, since like, like I mentioned about uh, 12, 15 years, I, I had an internal sort of mental policy that I will invest primarily. I mean, you know, wherever I mean my money is going into right. funds of DSP fund itself, rather than uh, investing elsewhere. So it's like you know, owner eats your kind of a concept that if I have my own asset management business. I should uh, be using that for my own personal allocation. So, uh, so 2017 was our first index fund, which was launched uh, DSP Nifty Equal Weight. So it was a very unique idea, unique uh, theme. First time ever in India, anybody had that fund. So my initial SIP uh, into passive fund started with this fund uh, right. in Equal Nifty 50. Uh, so 2017 and now 2023 is a little above, I would say like five years a time frame uh, since when I invested, started investing into index funds and then across a few others also just I'm uh, highlighting. Uh, hmm. so, uh, so overall put together let's say smaller component of my personal current portfolio uh, but incremental uh, quite a lot of money is going through passive. Right. Uh, so let's talk a little about your investment strategy. If you could tell us one strategy that has worked for your investment portfolio and one which has not over the past one year. Over the past one year? Actually, you know what? Let's let's or, 
five years because we've also had two years of covid uh, so i think yeah, that's yeah. sure sure so i'll yeah sure sure so see uh, frankly uh, for me my investment strategy personal investment portfolio as i mentioned has been very boring portfolio <laughs> so over the past one year or let's say past 3 to 5 years uh, like if i look at also a little bit longer after the covid crash and then the recovery sharply i have not really done any change structurally in my uh, personal portfolio so it's a very boring allocation monthly basis i keep doing sip and uh, so sip and asset allocation if i if i call, would call it that is my mantra or that is my strategy right and uh, i believe that is work very well i'll give one number as a example like uh, uh 5 years ago like as i said uh, if, if i look at it so if somebody if i would have invested let's say 100 rupees in let's say some large cap fund or some actively managed small cap fund uh, on a five year period let's say point to point let's say that day i would have invested or let's say some stock i would have invested and it would have given good returns like about 12 13% you know CAGR return has been delivered. Let's say broadly by Nifty or some mid-cap index. But if during that same five-year period means exactly now going to let's say 2000 and uh, end of 2017 means December 2017 till now let's say December 2022 and uh, we are in early January. Uh, during that five year, if you just calculate the SIP return of uh, equity as an asset class, it gives a much better allocation return of about six seven percent more. So around 11% grows to about 16-17% if I'm not mistaken in the portfolio that I was mentioning. Right. So what what I have seen is that uh, very boring type strategy, uh, but it has worked very well for me as a allocation uh, asset allocation and SIPs. And to be very honest, I feel very much mentally at peace with that. Why I'll tell you. Uh, though I am in the business of money management. i am doing that in a very different professional capacity if i am trying to do my own personal money management and running investment strategies then i have to leave my this core day job and focus on this so likewise if you are an investor and you are having your own day job let's say into media as a uh, one of the best reporters or you are into business of metals or you are running a consultancy firm you can't forego the close attention that that business or professional requires and try to focus on running some investment strategies mm. so best for that in my view which has worked for me as as, as a, a in personal capacity is that focus on a good asset allocation keep a review so that at on periodic basis as your risk and return objectives and age profile changes you need to tweak that but otherwise keep that asset allocation in mind and regular sip type investments that in my view would be a wonderful investment strategy which will permit you time to excel in your other day job or, or business or profession right one strategy that may not have so one strategy that failed for me miserably uh, just sorry i'll take 30 seconds more hmm. which i was mentioned not in the last 1 to 3 years or 5 years but very long back like i as i had said in early in my career this was like i think back in 99 2000 might be when i had i used to be doing direct stocks few uh, companies i had bought and sold so from there one thing which failed miserably for me was a few allocations a few stocks a specific uh, investments to the tmt sector at that point of time you know the uh, telecom media and uh, uh, you know the technology sector that was a very hot sector and as i said i was chasing the wrong trend at the sort of cycle peak 
and uh, that, that those levels of valuation of the prices of those stocks never came back and uh, as a young professional just getting learning you know very often this is there in your mind that okay you should invest for long term invest for long term so i i had in mind okay i have got this one on one let's say xyz share let it remain in my portfolio for long term and it will come back but structurally always having long term view without looking at the industry segment and the modes with the company's business is enjoying or the structural changes you can't continue to just keep holding a share and sit idle so that's a little bit mistake so that share still now in total today's context is very small component of my total portfolio but it's still there in my portfolio i decided i'm not going to sell it ever because it keeps reminding of a lesson uh, to learn basically right sir how many months of emergency fund do you provision for well emergency fund uh, usually i mean by and large about uh, uh, Eight to nine months. I mean, you know, like little less than a one year type of a number. Uh, by default, gets uh, saved. You know, into that. Like as I mentioned, very low, low end. I mean, arbitrage funds or some surplus cash lying in bank accounts. So let's say up to like about uh, eight to nine months type of a number. You know, which would take care of sort of emergency funding. And where do you park it? As I said, in in. some of it lies in my bank account or it's lying in arbitrage funds in under mutual fund like arbitrage fund is a very uh, structurally uh, small accrual which keeps coming in the form of uh, equity oriented uh, allocation it, it invests into low 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 and i mean uh, arbitrage strategies which gives low accrual so i parked it into arbitrage funds or in some amounts just lying into like a bank account you know? right okay Uh, do you have health and savings bank account like this right do you have health and life insurance yes yes definitely i have health insurance a reasonable cover life insurance cover and uh, to be very honest uh, in the 2020 21 period it was a sort of a uh, maybe a late reaction but uh, i realized to have a little bit larger amounts of uh both so i did little bit top of top up of the insurance covers uh for myself and few of my family members uh so i urge i mean it's, it's, it was an important learning uh mm. to have both life insurance as well as health insurance very crucial i do have it uh and as i said recently at my marginally increased the coverage right let's talk a little bit about your personal life and you know your idea of wealth sure mm. So were you yeah. able to go on a holiday in the past uh, three years because you know because of COVID everybody was holding their homes. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, uh, during the uh, peak of the pandemic in 2020 and all, uh, uh, of course, I completely avoided any travel. Some people around, friends and family, they started traveling, but I, I uh, avoided. Uh, and uh, then. Uh, Uh, i did take a couple of short trips close by i, I am based in mumbai so uh, short trips close by uh, where i could put, do a self drive and go so one my first trip uh, after the peak of the lockdown was to a place uh, nasik you know close by to mumbai uh, like a slightly a good hill station and scenic location it also has one of a good uh, uh, you know temples and some a uh, fun place like a vineyard and all to uh, unwind relax and enjoy uh, and uh, no no other trips uh, you know overseas or something in these last 2 to 3 years 
just out of uh, abundant precaution though of course now things are very comfortable and uh, opening up nothing of that sort but uh, it's just that never uh, managed to do that in the last 2 to 3 to years and when do you plan to take your next vacation very soon now usually uh, probably in the month of february so i always try to plan my uh, holiday in non peak season uh, so typically let's say in late december early january or let's say during uh, diwali festival and all by and large most of the tourist places and all are very packed and crowded so we prefer not to travel during that period so mostly i try to take a good vacation or travel either during february march or during uh, you know august september where there is a good lean season the uh, schools are on so less of crowd in tourist places so i like to go for a relaxing holiday uh, during such periods actually right any lifestyle changes next immediate uh, so uh, in the plan uh, uh, i'm hoping not yet exactly finalized but i'm planning to go on a solo trip uh, without any very fancy thing just uh, pack a small bag and travel uh, maybe i'm planning i'm not a very uh mountain type person i'm more a flats or a beach type person right so maybe i'm planning to go to some beach place not the run of the mill places like goa but uh, there is i have i have my eyes set on a, a very unique place in south uh, called varkala yeah or maybe i'm pronouncing it wrong varkala beach uh, it, i have seen a lot of pictures and recently few uh uh you know uh, during the pandemic in fact uh, many people had discovered this and lot of travel was happening with there it's one of the top 10 most be- beautiful beaches in the country so i've never visited there and uh, it's a place where uh you know maybe there could be some relaxing time and some fun place is this your first solo trip or do you uh, have you taken solo trips before also no planning to now planning to not much basically so. So my first solo trip was also to Varkala. <laughs> oh really? Acha yeah. acha. Oh, so then I'll be... yeah. So oh, yeah. We'll, I'll connect with you offline to learn <laughs> some inputs on that. I, I mean, yeah, nice. Wow. Okay, okay, okay. Great. Yeah, but beautiful place. I think you'll have a lot of fun there. So nice. Okay. <laughs> so, sir, any lifestyle changes during the lockdown that have become permanent for you? Uh, lifestyle changes. Well, I mean, uh, some of things which uh, haven't worked very well for me are my uh, you know physical exercise routine and all took took a loss over there like my main physical routine exercise was swimming and during the lockdown i i was not able to do that uh, routinely so that was a big uh, negative uh, loss for me uh, one one positive lifestyle change which i uh, inculcated and i'm planning to continue hopefully uh, very difficult sometimes is that uh, my tea and coffee consumption became very low <laughs> so usually when you are out in office or going out for meetings and all uh, you know i am very fond of tea you know yeah. otherwise i have zero uh, other uh, thing like zero alcohol zero tobacco but tea is my weakness so uh, if anywhere i'm there and there is a nice cup of tea or even if it's not good but i need some uh, tea uh and uh, in the early days of the lockdown it continued like okay so uh, you know after having a cup of tea in the morning then you start working then after some time i would again take a short break and make some tea for myself but after a couple of weeks i said that well i mean uh, it's not working and it's taking a lot of time out of my uh, work as well as uh, 
uh, you know, uh, I, I of course it it is uh, as such not very good for health as well. So uh, I took a conscious decision and I reduced my uh, intake. And uh, now almost uh, more than a year since routine office and meetings and all have restarted. But I have maintained that like okay, in a day only I'll have two cups of tea, one in the morning and one in the afternoon evening. That's all. One off sometime remotely if something else if you have something. But otherwise. Uh, uh, very low uh, intake of tea in 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 the uh, coming years as well. So that is one change positive which uh, has happened for me in this lockdown. Quite interesting. This is perhaps one of the most interesting answers I have personally heard. You know, in our group portfolio series. <laughs> oh, is it okay? Uh, well, as I said, some some negative things also did happen, and I, I have not yet been able to restart my swimming routine. So I feel a little bit. Good that now I'm talking about this. It'll motivate me or uh, put it put it as a pressure on my head to restart again. Definitely. But uh, because there was a large gap, of course, that time it was a forced gap. You know, one could not go to a swimming pool because it was structurally shut down, and and then there was a health scare. I mean, uh, concern. Yes. So a lot of other physical exercise routines, of course, were there, and people were doing it, like uh, you know, going for a walk or a jog or run or cycling and all. But somehow it just I I couldn't really relate to it or I could not enjoy it or I feel uh, maybe a little bit wrong now on hindsight. But I felt that you know, swimming was the best exercise and I, I but I have to now restart that and continue it in a big way. Right, right. Uh, sir, uh, are you married or or are you single? Yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. No, no, no. I'm I'm married. So some of these things which I was mentioning about, I mean, like the holidays and all that. I mean, I I, I meant. Referred with with my wife, uh, you know, uh, she's also a very high flying executive. Works as a partner in KPMG, right. and uh, she has her own. Uh, I mean, uh, we, we she always keeps scolding me that you don't help me to manage my money in a good way. Oh. Uh, but but yeah, I mean, uh, you know. And how do you uh, how do you involve her in family finances? Overall family finances. Uh, well, I mean. Uh, in in many ways uh, frankly not much of day to day like uh, you know discussions around finances and all because as i said my finances and financial planning is very boring you know something predefined set keeps happening and then it's getting invested so for her my wife's also portfolio she has little bit more allocation towards uh gold she also has some allocation to uh, real estate as an investment you know pure investment type real estate uh, uh, uh which which is uh, taken for financial purpose only never with the purpose of actual utilization and uh, some allocation towards uh, very low towards uh, equities from her side but uh, more in as i said real estate gold and some uh, kind of uh, you know fixed income type allocation right so what is your idea of wealth idea of wealth wealth well okay. i mean uh just yesterday i, I shared a uh, nice update on linkedin so it's top of my mind i mean i feel that health is a real wealth you know uh so as long as you are in good health and uh, you you can have the uh blessings of being able to enjoy whatever uh capital you have at hand that is the best wealth uh, but uh, structurally i would feel that uh, in terms of 
having a comfortable lifestyle to be able to do what you want when you want and to be able to in some form or a fashion uh do something for uh others you know in little way what you can uh, that would in my view be be a good uh, definition of wealth for me actually you know uh the rest of it is just a number on a balance sheet or on a, on on a, on a account statement which which you are generating to help people or professionals like me who are into asset management or wealth management or banking or uh, lending business i mean you know uh, so beyond a level or beyond a point i think uh, money is meaningless in terms of wealth uh, you know of course uh, one needs to have uh, uh, certain goals and aspirations and all but uh, just on uh, i'm not trying to i'm i'm too young to be sounding philosophical or saying no okay, i'm retiring now so i'm saying beyond a point money is pointless but practically i mean maybe that's how i've grown up uh, learning in my mind so i'm wired that way that you know beyond a point i feel it becomes pointless you know the the asset just goes and gathers itself sitting in somebody's mutual fund uh, or somebody's bank or somebody's aif or pms uh, uh, you know so better to utilize it in the best way uh, and if you are in a position to do that then you have to be uh, th- uh, very thankful that okay this is the best wealth i have right so um maybe a long winded answer maybe uh, you were not no, looking no, for course. that kind of answer but, i mean it's yeah. your idea of wealth you can know you can think anything about wealth <laughs> yeah so uh last question uh, of today's episode Gosh. how do you identify yourself as an investor see uh, as an investor in my personal capacity i am a very how should i say like a, a very content investor you know as long as i am able to uh, see my allocations or my portfolio giving returns which are broadly in line with how the markets are moving uh, i am very comfortable i am not in a uh, frame of mind where i like to uh, shoot the lights out and uh, see my portfolio doing exceptionally well because whenever that happens there has to be always a down cycle so that will also lead towards uh, a drag in your portfolio uh, so uh, i always uh, believe that uh, as an investor uh, I, i i am a kind of person who wants to uh, be able to uh, focus on certain life goals align it with financial goals and then work towards meeting them you know so meet the goals don't worry about uh you know how to beat the market basically you know something of that sort and but coincidentally my current uh, uh focus area in passive funds that is the etfs and index funds uh and smart beta strategies is also very much similar that uh meet the market don't try to beat the market you know uh, our core focus should be not to try and uh, find the next star manager or next one mid cap micro cap stock which will become a multi bagger uh because that that tends to drag away your efforts and focus into other areas instead of that focus on your life focus on your lifestyle focus on the core activity that you are working on let's say if you are a uh, dentist you are focusing on building enough wealth to buy a new big clinic and focusing on let's say a comfortable lifestyle for uh, your husband and your uh, child then focus on that only don't try to keep Uh, analyzing every month that stock which you have invested how it's growing or what is the analysis of the company's 
hotel visitors or the big star fund manager or hedge fund manager who is going to suddenly strike a big uh, return instead of that keep it simple do asset allocation regular uh, amounts being allocated and that should be your way of investing right all right so that brings us to the end of the podcast thank you very much anil for joining us today and thank you for, for the wonderful chat thank you very much shipra it's always nice to be part of this series you guys are doing some good job uh, not just for uh, enhancing awareness but also bringing a real uh, information genuine uh, analysis to your readers which i believe is very valuable uh, so thank you very much for having me part of your event thank you for the kind words anil thank you that brings us to the end of today's episode if you would like to know more about this topic or make a suggestion of a personal finance topic that you would like us to cover i can be reached at twitter under the username of shipra singh sorot and on linkedin at shipra singh thank you for tuning in see you in the next episode This was a Mint production brought to you by HD Smartcast. HD Smartcast.